This episode of Tales of the Voidfair is brought to you by all the awesome patrons over at the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are a fan of this show and all the other podcasts we create here at Project Derailed, you could join this legion of elite champions yourself over at patreon.com slash projectderailed. A single $5 subscription tier gets you access to patron-exclusive channels on our Discord, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast called Derailed Off the Rails. Thank you everyone for your support. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. Snowscape around you vanishes, and you and your new crew of eight, rescued from the iced-over ruins of the city of the Lyceum Arcanus, travel with you to another place. As the scene collapses into darkness, a new one forms instantaneously, a shadowy alley in the Sutler Ward of Nadir Anchorage. The temperature immediately jumps from being bone-chillingly frigid to temperate, and you hear the bustle of midday traffic as people walk through the various shops and bazaars of the Sutler Ward of Nadir Anchorage, this massive asteroid made out of millions of shipwrecks all smashed together. The buildings to either side of you are ships as well. It appears the one on the left side is a massive galleon, and the other seems to be a hammer ship that's on its side, what used to be the deck of the ship now making the vertical wall. And the eight guys in their salvaged, tattered clothing like look around in shock, their eyes wide, and the one just goes, Thank you. We never thought we'd get off that rock. Hey, don't worry about it. You know, I... It just so happened to work out that everybody was able to, you know, get something that they wanted. And if not, well, they're not here anymore to worry about it. So, uh, welcome to, uh, a less cold shithole. This is Nadir Anchorage, if you ain't, you ain't, any of you haven't been here before. Uh, I, I think, I mean, I have before, uh, and then, like, you know, you kind of scan through the group and, you know, mo- most of them nod, some of them don't, but, uh, and that the guy that you were talking to says, well, Captain, I would, uh, I imagine uh, I'd awful like to get a, a good meal in my belly. I think I speak for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I got I got enough cash. We can get a meal. We might have to cram into a room. We might we could possibly do two rooms. It just depends on what kind of wheeling and dealing we could do with this place. But uh, yeah, let's go get you something to eat. Uh, I'm going to have a meeting that I need to take with uh, somebody. But that shouldn't take too long and we can get meal and maybe scrape together some uh not rags for clothes for y'all that that sounds fantastic lead the way captain and with a little like 
slight spring in my step from being called captain. I uh, uh-huh. start heading out into the main thoroughfare and yeah, look for one of the places I know to be reasonable cost for things. Right. So yeah, you uh, you with the spring in your step, you turn and saunter out into the sunlight of the Sutler Ward, and you don't get more than ten steps before there are flashes of light all around you and your crew. And a bunch of people suddenly appear. Oh, what the fuck is this? You see three individuals that seem to be standing side by side as if they're kind of the leaders of this group, um, all wearing Seeker's robes. Uh, The one in the middle, a middle-aged woman with her hair pulled back into a very tight bun that looks like it's just hurting her scalp looks at you sternly and holds up her hand with crackling energy. You see a bronze-scaled dragonborn standing to her left, and he seems to have a holy symbol of Ayun around his neck. And to her right is a man with dark tan skin with black hair and a goatee in a wheelchair who also puts up his hand with, like, arcane light crackling. There seems to be about five other mages, and behind them is seven gif who all point their rifles in your direction. Hey, what the fuck is going on here? Like, we ain't, we ain't do nothing. <laughs> the woman says, I beg to differ. You are in possession of Seeker property. Hey, I got a contract right here from one of your Seekers hiring me to do a job for him to go and get something, and he gave it to me. You want to take a look? Here. And I pull out the, uh, I pull out the contract and just hold it up to them to examine it. She ignores it, and she just says, Albion Silksong went behind the backs of the council. Whatever deal he made with you in the name of the Seekers is not valid. Fine, here, take your fucking helm. I don't fucking need it. You know, this is that much of a problem here. How are you going to... Look, I didn't know he took it without permission. I got a contract from him. He said, hey, you know, I need you to do this for me. He gave it to me. How am I supposed to know that he said that he went behind your backs? Here, you want it? You can take it. I don't need no problems right now. I got people who are on a freezing planet who are starving that I got to try and feed. You know what? Make a uh, make a persuasion check with advantage because the, you clearly do have a group of people who look starving. <laughs> All righty. What's my persuasion? Hey, it's decent. That's going to be a 17. Okay. She takes the helm from you and just passes it without even looking to the dragonborn. Roddix, please get this back to the Seeker's Enclave immediately. Listen, if you want to take me in for questioning or whatever you want to do, that's fine. But listen, these fe- these fellows didn't do anything. They were on a freezing planet starving. Can we get them something to eat? Maybe some decent clothes. That's all I ask. I'll do... I'll answer whatever kind of questions you have. I just don't need no trouble for them. They've been through enough. Fair enough. I sympathize with their plight. We have no issue with them. If you would like to send them to see that they get fed and clothed, you may do so. But we absolutely have questions that need answered. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Listen, um... You, I point to the one, the first one that spoke up and said that uh, they'd been to Nadir before, the one I assume that had been repeatedly, like, calling me Captain. Yes, Captain. What's your name? Uh, my name is uh, Valen. 
Valen Woodenscribe. And what kind of uh, creature are they? Uh, they're human. Human? Cool. Congratulations, your your first mate. Oh, uh, thank you, Captain. Your first responsibility, I toss him, like, a bag with, like, 40 gold. Find food, clothes, and lodging for y'all. When you have it, listen, do you have any kind of estimation, lady, on how long you're going to need me for questioning for? That entirely depends on, on you and the answers that you give. Okay, cool, whatever. Um, What time of day is it right now, Nadir, can I tell? Yeah, it seems to be the afternoon. Um, there isn't really an easy way to tell just on the daylight because there's no atmosphere. Well, there's no, like, the sky is not blue. It, yeah. But there is a clock tower that you can see from here that says it's probably about, like, 2.30. Looks like it used to be, like, a lamprey ship of this long, narrow, skinny body that just happened to, like, get stuck in the mass of the rest of the city in a lopsided crooked way and at some point they went and affixed a clock face to the very bow so that it looks out over the city nice all right listen i don't plan on taking that long but i got some stuff that i need to attend to and i need to figure some stuff out about this right now so let's plan to meet at the clock tower at six that should give you all plenty of time to get a meal get some clothes and if you haven't found lodging and stuff by then, I intend to make that meet and we'll be able to take it from there. Yes, Captain, I'll see to it. And he turns to the rest of them and says, with like mustering up a little bit more of an authoritative voice now that you've made him first mate. All right, mates, you heard the captain. Uh, and he leads them off. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you ain't gonna get any funny business about this from me, lady, because I just wanna get paid and whether it's out of him paying it himself out of his own money or however it's done, that's my main concern. If you want to know what he's up to, happy to talk about that because he made a very shoddy contract. She nods. Well, I think I only have a few questions for you and you could be on your way. Or perhaps we may be able to strike a deal of our own. Hey, listen, I'm very amenable to anything right now. I'm trying to get a ship to get these guys and myself more work. So let's, whatever we got to do, I'm happy to do it. So let's go make a deal. First and foremost, what did Albion hire you to do? Uh, I kind of, I'm looking around, does there seem to be a crowd? No, um, there's so many people, she like brought so many people to confront you that the, the GIF in particular are basically just creating this pachyderm wall. <laughs> <laughs> that like semicircle en encompasses you and her and her fellow uh, seeker mages and there's not really a whole lot like like you you turn some heads when they all first arrived but the gif are doing a good job at keeping people moving all right so i'm like look hands still up i'm just moving up to you because i know my voice can carry because i'm a loud ass turtle so i'm just moving up so i can try and talk a little bit quieter to you is that all right yes all right, I take a couple steps towards her, still keeping my hands up, and I'm like, so what Albion sent me out to do was, I overheard a little bit of this. There's somebody who's going through some kind of thing right now, and for whatever reason, he thought that getting a Nothic that he could bring back and study alive, uh, he thought that that might give some kind of clue as to whatever was going on with the person that you know he was trying to help. Hmm. She furrows her brow at that information. So, you know, I, I, I overheard that part. He didn't tell me. All he told me when we made the deal was that there was this planet that he was aware of 
that might have a Nothic on it. And so I'm like, okay, uh, tell me where to go. Describe this as much as you can. He didn't have much to go on. Luckily, I was able to get there in one shot. And so I was there for, I don't know, maybe four or five hours looking around in these like catacombs and stuff, trying to see if I could find anything. Didn't find an Othic, but I did run into one of your boys that's out flying around on one of them ships. Uh, his name's Marco Astorio. Oh, yes, Marco. By the way, there's some weird stuff going on out there. If y'all could send a message, he did kind of like give kind of this uh, ask that when I came back to talk to Albion about settling up, that he said that he asked some seekers to get in contact with him. So I'm just passing along that message. She nods and she turns to the, the man sitting in the wheelchair next door and she says, Diego, um, you worked with Marco most recently. Can you see that that is done? And he nods. Absolutely. All right. So that's one job that I did for free. Done. Now, back to this other job that apparently it seems uh, I did for free. Uh, like I said, I was searching around the catacombs, ran into Marco, helped him do some stuff with what was going on there. Uh, we ran into some Nyagi that were like coming at us, which seems real weird. I don't know if that's like the frozen wasteland is kind of their normal type of environment, but they were there for some reason. But we have very little reports of Nyagi in the system. That is very strange indeed. Yeah. Truth be told, like you can do like you can do like that truth zone spell or whatever. I honestly, I don't have too much of a memory of that. It was kind of real foggy about it, but I remember... I heard some noises coming from a stairwell, went to check it out, the Nyagi were coming up. I fired my pistol at him a couple times, then me, Marco, and the people- She's gonna hold up her hand, and she goes, yes, I get the gist of it, and no need for Zone of Truth, I believe you. How much did Albion hire you for? 20k GP. She, her eyes go wide, and she goes, oh, pff, wow, that must have been his private funds, but she thinks for a moment. Did you have an arrangement to meet with him again upon the completion of your your task? Well, I mean, yeah, I was supposed to bring back the Nothic and give it to him. Uh, you know, I had a plan to make sure it didn't cause me any problems, but be alive on delivery. So that was that was the plan. We were supposed to meet at this prearranged location. But like I said, things got hairy. I didn't get the Nothic, but I've got leads on where to go to find another one. She nods and she goes, all right. Well, I apologize that it seems your deal with Albion was not what you thought it was. However, I believe there may be um, a need for your services if you're willing to take on another job. And 20k is steep, but this matter is serious. So I speak for the Seekers and the Council in saying if you can complete this task for us, we'd be willing to match Albion's promised pay. Well, listen, here's the thing. Right now, I'm kind of 50-50 on the Seekers. Like, Marco, he was a good dude, but this other guy, you know, he's, uh, he kind of left a sour taste. But you've also got a whole bunch of guns trained on me and a couple wizards. Uh, I think, uh, I'm not in really much of a place to negotiate, so it sounds like you got a deal. When you say that, she kind of realizes the situation. Oh, apologies. That was a precaution seeing as we did not know exactly what we would be getting ourselves into when we detected the return of the helm. I promise you this is not to coerce you into this deal. 
And then she actually gestures in the gif, cautiously lower their rifles, um, but still keep an eye on you. She says, let me first just simply explain what I would ask of you. As far as Albion knows, he's still expecting you to check in. I would simply ask that you meet him as you were already planning to do and see what you can learn about why he asked you to find a Nothic. If you can investigate, get to the bottom of the reason and report back to us, I will gladly pay you the 20,000 gold pieces he promised in exchange for that information. Albion is a member of the Seekers Council. He's been acting erratically and him going behind our backs for this task is very troubling to us. If this is agreeable to you, I can have a contract drafted on the spot, and we would only ask that you look into this matter immediately. Yeah, I'd be, uh, that's way less work than having to track down and, uh, actually bag one, so, uh, that sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, as a show of good faith, uh, when I was out there and ran into Marco, there were, uh, a little bit I learned, like, Nothics, like, are formed by people going mad in a pursuit for knowledge. I'm very so. aware of what a Nothic is, thank you. Okay, then. Uh, <laughs> she's she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> Squeedy right now is kind of in a panic because he's, like, uh -huh. I he doesn't feel great about, like, knowing that this group is going and, like, triple cutting behind each other's backs to do whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. But... I don't believe I have any further questions. Uh, do you have any questions for me before we draft this contract? Uh, well, considering that uh, there are plenty of witnesses to what's going on right now, uh, I feel more comfortable about this contract being upheld. But how do I know after I do this that it's not just going to be a thanks for doing this? Now get out there in the streets. Would it put you at ease if I paid a portion of your promised reward up front? That definitely, uh, yeah, that would definitely help assuage some, uh, some concerns about this. All right. I'll pay you 5,000 gold right here and now, and the remaining 15,000 upon the completion of the task. Hey, that sounds great to me. Let's get contracting. She just smiles at you and says, very well. And, uh, while... She's smiling at you, absentmindedly uh, waves her hand, and a scroll appears midair and unrolls, and a quill appears midair and writes by itself at an unnaturally fast speed, <laughs> writing out a full contract. And then uh, she snaps her finger, the quill vanishes, um, the piece of parchment begins floating down as the gravity can now affect it, and she catches it with her hand and hands it over to you. I examine it to make sure all of the terms. Sure. It outlines exactly what she said. Uh, she's asking you to go through with your meeting of Albion Silksong and to the best of your ability, investigate what he is up to and the reason behind him hiring you for the task that he hired you for. You're to do this immediately upon the, the signing of this contract and get back to her before the end of the day. And upon the signing of this contract, be paid 5,000 gold up front and 15,000 gold upon the completion of the task. And, uh, yeah, it's to the letter, uh, it's seems on the up and up. Um, and she definitely seems to have a much greater proficiency for such deals than Albion did because his, the deal you made with him seemed a little, uh, little slapdash, a little, uh, inexperienced. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and I am checking it over for like any kind of like gag order or such on the terms like NDA such things. Uh, yes, all of that stuff is there as you would expect it to be in a normal contract. And it also says that if you um, do not fulfill the contract, if you basically sign it, take the five grand and run, you would be in void of the contract and the seekers would have the authority to hunt you down and exact penalties upon you. Like it, it goes into like a list of like penalties based on like how severely you violated the contract from, you know, and it's basically like in the order of fines. And like in the most severe one is like imprisonment for certain amounts of time. Like it's uh, like they're they're like serious about this deal. Yeah, for sure. I can I can tell there are clauses built into it. So like if the if you're not able to fill the task due to extenuating circumstances, there's ways in which you can, you know, plea that and you won't be punished in that in that case. It's it's very thorough. I gotta say, uh, hey, what's your name, by the way? My name is Thalra Vulrenfeld. Miss Vulrenfeld, I gotta say, this is uh, one of the nicer contracts I've seen in a while. You got uh, away with your contractual uh, writings there. Thank you. I take quite a lot of pride in it. As you should. Uh, hey, somebody got a quill for me. She snaps her finger in the same quill that she magically wrote the contract in front of you appears, but instead of hovering in the air, just kind of floats down uh, in front of you to grab. Yeah. I take it in my hand and I scribble my uh, name down. Once you do, she takes the contract, inspects it. She signs on her line as well and snaps her fingers and the contract evaporates. And she goes, very good, um, as we agreed. And uh, she kind of gestures in the air again and a sack of gold falls into it. 5,000 gold. And hands it to you. I thank you very much, and I kind of set that to my side, and yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get right on that. Perfect. You can find us at the Seeker's Enclave. Sounds good. Uh, pleasure doing business with you, and uh, look forward to fulfilling this contract. I look forward to hearing your report. Yep, and so I, uh, I head to the location where I agreed to meet Albion. Okay. So you know that Albion initially met you in what appeared to be like a co-opted abandoned building in the mooring ward down by where all the Spelljammer docks are located. You go there and as you approach, you hear music. Um, that seems out of place because this is kind of a more industrial type area. There's lots of warehouses. Uh, and again, all of them are, you know, made from the wreckage of ships that have been retrofitted and even constructed into dwellings and warehouses and the like. So here there's a lot of warehouses for storing incoming and outgoing goods. There's lots of taverns where dock workers and ship workers will go to. But this safe house is located kind of tucked away where there's mostly just warehouses around it so the hearing singing and music is a little out of place and it's soft but it gets a little bit louder as you approach the safe house i am going to stealth towards the safe house because uh, i do not trust the fact that there's music playing this should not be here mm -hmm. and i want to have the jump on whatever is uh, going on sure um go ahead and make a stealth check that's not going to be very good. That's 14. Okay. 
Um, you don't appear to be seen because you don't really see anybody around here, but the music is definitely coming from the safe house. And as you get to kind of the front door, make a perception check with advantage for me. Natural 20. Hell yeah. The other die was a one. Uh-huh. That's 100% Albion's voice singing. And it appears to be accompanied by a single lute. I, yeah, I peek over and like see what's going on. Uh, do you speak Sylvan by chance? Do I speak Sylvan? Nicholas, how can you ask me such a question? Uh, where are my languages? Nope, I speak Aquan and Common. Okay. Um, yeah, so you don't understand the lyrics, but the language is very uh, flowy and is very melodic, and, and it's beautiful. And with your natural 20 perception check, it doesn't sound like the music is coming from the other side of the door. It sounds like it's coming from like deeper within the building, which is not a large building either. So it almost makes you think that maybe this building has a basement. Hmm. Don't like that. Um, let's see. I think I'm going to try and kind of creep in and see if I can find this basement. Sure door's locked. I would like to take my magic screwdriver and turn it into a lockpick set. Yep. And then I would like to pick the lock. Do it. And let me see. And I am proficient with them. And my proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses your proficiency with a tool. So, nice. Um, Eight. That's going to be a plus ten. And twenty-three. Yeah. Click. It's like you had the key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You open and you find the room pretty much exactly how you remembered it when you first met. It looked like at one point this building, um, which is the basically the bow of a ship that is sticking straight out. So the door going in is almost just going through like what used to be the top deck in the forecastle of a ship. And you step in uh, to kind of see this like kind of large triangular uh, inner room that looked like it was a shop at one point. There's a counter to one side and there's a bunch of shelves that are now all just completely empty except for a layer of dust. Um, you do see a path of tracks has cleared away the dust kind of in and out of this building and around the center of the room and there's a table and chairs and it looks like it's been kind of set up with supplies for someone squatting here basically and the supplies look rather nice too like it appears that for whatever reason Albion this member of the council of the seekers is staying here for extended periods of time but as you kind of stealthily walk into the room onto the wooden planks However, it doesn't stop these old boards from creaking just ever so slightly under the weight of your turtle form. And as you take a few steps in, the music stops. But you don't see anybody in here. I feel like he knows that I'm here. Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and festive lad. Well, that's a lie. My Christmas tree has been sitting in a box in the middle of the living room for a week. I get to it by Christmas. 
Thanks for listening to this Voidfare interlude featuring our favorite tinkering turtle, Squedigo. Special thanks to our good buddy Cliff for joining us once again to tell another piece of Squeddy's story, and perhaps reveal some behind-the-scenes goings-on among the seekers of Nadir Anchorage. Beyond his time with us as Squiddy, you can find Cliff as Game Master of our Masks A New Generation show, Cape Chronicles, where he leads myself, Fiona, Chelsea, and Roger through superhero shenanigans and just so much teenage drama. Cliff is also a regular on Fables Around the Table, our anthology TTRPG podcast, and is in fact in our upcoming season titled Greetings from Hell, playing the game Kids on Bikes. Cliff is also one half of the Nerdcore group 2D6 with our very own Luckbeak, Saker. Check out their music at 2d6music.bandcamp.com. We have a big announcement. We are launching a new show here at Project Derailed, introducing Cosmere and Coffee, casual discussion of the interconnected worlds of author Brandon Sanderson. Join myself, Tom, who consults behind the scenes here at Voidfair, and Tom's brother, Mike, as we chat about Allomancy, Adenalsium, World Hoppers, Spren, and more. And if any of that made a lick of sense, then this is the show for you. Join us for our premiere episode on Monday, December 12th, as we discuss the newly released finale of Mistborn Era 2, The Lost Metal, and catch new episodes every second and fourth Monday of the month. 2023 is the year of Sanderson, so we aren't going to have a shortage of anything to talk and theorize about. Follow the show on all the social medias at Cosmere Podcast, and catch us on the 12th wherever you get your podcasts. If you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on Patreon. With a single $5 subscription tier, get access to Patreon-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derailed team just sits around and chats about whatever. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thanks for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter for however long that lasts. Come hang out with us on the Project Derailed Community Discord. We are always hanging out, sharing memes, playing games, and teaching the server bot Derailed-chan more funny things to say. Head to projectderailed.com slash discord to join in on the fun. Theme song and other original music by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com. There will be another interlude with a brand new guest and character on Tuesday, December 20th. Then we are back in the new year with Chapter 7 starting on Tuesday, January 3rd. See you then. I kind of stop and just listen. Do I hear any kind of movement? There's make a perception check, actually. 15, which is my passive perception anyway. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's like deadly quiet. You just kind of hear your breath. And I imagine you stopped moot walking the minute the music stopped. Yeah. And you just stop and you listen for like several seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. No, music doesn't start again. And you don't hear anything until you think you hear the sound of movement, sort of erratic. And then you hear footsteps. All right. And a creaking sound. And you see a little beam of light 
shoot up from behind the counter, and you see Albion pop out. He's this pink-skinned tiefling with maroonish-purplish horns that curl back around his ears. Uh, His hair is normally, like, shoulder-length and very well-kept. He has poofy silk clothes, a very extravagant-looking bard. But today, you see he's sweating, his hair is tussled, and he doesn't look like he has bathed in a while. His clothes are kind of wrinkled. Hey, hey, Albion, hey, uh, hey, buddy, uh... Squidigo, uh, did you... Listen, listen. Did you pick my lock? Yes, but I did not know you were... I heard music, and I was kind of concerned that somebody else might have been here. So I wanted to make sure it was you first before I went there. That way I could get in touch with you and let you know, hey, your safe house is compromised, but it's you, so we're good. All right, good. I I sing to pass the time. Sorry. Uh, I didn't realize it carried beyond the walls. Um, I suppose I should have. He seems flustered, and he reaches over and shuts what appears to be a hatch hidden by the counter, and the the beam of light from the basement collapses and goes away. So you're just in the dimly lit room um, from uh, nearby street lamps outside. Um, And like the, because like you're tucked between warehouses, so the sun isn't really getting down in here even though it's late afternoon at this point. So, did you did you complete the task? So, listen. we I got to the planet that you told me to go to. That's, that fucker was cold as shit. I searched around the catacombs for a while, and I wasn't able to find a Nothic. I got ambushed by some Nyagi, and there were some circumstances that caused me to have to end up leaving the planet. But... I've got a lead on, you know, another planet to go to, so everything's cool. Good. Um, good, good, good. That's good. That's good. But, uh, listen, I just, I wanted to talk to you real quick because, listen, I ran into, uh, a friend of yours when I was on that planet, which is, feels fucking weird, right? Yeah. I ran into, I ran into, uh, Marco, Marco Astorio. Oh, Marco Astorio, he's uh, a, a, a rather new recruit, only in the other last several months. Um, he was on, he was on Adelphos. Yeah, he was, he was there. Uh, he had some other stuff that he was looking into. Uh, I don't know, he's, I guess Adelphos is like an old Kratorian planet, so. Right, you know. the information that we had. Uh, uh, clued us into as much, which is why I directed you there uh, to search for a Nothic. Uh, hidden caches of Kratorian knowledge uh, would be a, 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 a prime location for a Nothic. Um, he seems kind of nervous and scattered. But, listen, so I was helping Marco and he was trying to help me about, you know, learning more about Nothics so that way I could, like, take one down and, listen, I don't I don't mean to sound, make this sound the wrong way, but that got me wondering. Like, I I heard a little bit about when we made the contract. I heard a little bit about you talking to somebody outside the door before I came in, and you you were saying when we when we made the contract that you were trying to find a cure for something, and that wasn't none of my concern. Because I was get, just getting hired to bag and grab, right? So I didn't pay no mind of it. 
But after not after Marco kind of gave me like a little fill in on like what happens and how Nothics are made and all that, I just I just want to know is there something I can do that's gonna help you? Like anything that like you don't have to tell me nothing, but I'm concerned and want to help. If you don't mind telling me a little bit more about what's going on, because like. I know I don't look look it, I do rough and tumble jobs, but I know a bit about magic, and maybe I can help you. He nods. Make a persuasion check. Can do. As you're talking, he seems distracted, but nods listening to your words. Is there anything that I have that can help me out here other than my bonuses? Heck no. Uh, that's going to be a big 10. He nods and he seems distracted while you're talking. And and when you finish, he goes, uh, well, that, that's that's very kind of you to show concern. And but I'm I think I have the matter quite in hand. The, the most useful thing would would be, uh, I, I guess, having a nothic. Uh, although I guess if that task is uh, more complicated now, it may I could probably make do without it. I wouldn't want to trouble you um, uh, any further with the matter, because it sounds no. like you had quite quite the ordeal uh, on our. Oh, no, no, no. I'm uh, I'm happy yes. to I'm happy to you know keep working on this for you, and like the lead I got is a much more temperate climate from uh, what I understand about it. So it's not going to be you know freezing and not going to have to like worry about like. You hear a scratching sound coming from beneath the floorboards. Um, and Albion, like, his eyes go wide for a second, and he kind of, like, glances to the trap door and then back at you and, like, pretends to ignore it. It stops after a second. <laughs> I would like to try and keep a stone face like I didn't actually hear anything. Sure. Uh, make a deception check. Deception. That's going to be a 23. Yeah. He's pretty good at insight, but uh, he didn't roll that great and sure didn't beat a 23. <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy to you know get the Nothic. Of course, you know, like I said, you don't have to tell me about like why you need it or anything, but like is there anything specific that I should be looking for when we met the contract was kind of vague, right? So right. Any specific like notes about the Nothics that you need or like any kind of thing if I like if I run into multiple of them, like is there any one thing that you want me to hone in on about them that, you know, you would prize more over anything else? Like, let's talk a little bit here about what you need. Well, I want to, I'm here to serve your needs. Right, right, right. And I appreciate that. Uh, very, very helpful. Um, yeah, well, not, not really. I, I mostly wanted um, a Nothic to be able to study, to, to be able to learn more about its nature. Having one alive in particular, um, uh, kind of uh, wrap my head around uh, how such a thing, uh, such a creature, uh, functions and works, and how it comes to be, um, and, and and such. Uh, beyond that, I really don't have any further information that I'd really be able to tell you in regards of uh, specifics of whatever. I'm really not entirely sure what I'm looking for until I have the creature in in front of me. Um, I have I have made made some progress on my own that makes me wonder that i may not actually need a nothic anymore um but uh i mean it, like as i said if the task 
is proving difficult. It's not as important at this juncture. Uh, it's it's hard to explain, and uh, I wouldn't want to bore you with the details. Hmm. Nick, he doesn't look blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned, does he? Make a insight check. Great, I'm good at insight. Or you could potentially make a medicine check as well, if you'd prefer, if that's better. Great, I'm just as good at medicine. <laughs> I'd take either of those roles. Boy, uh, of all the times to not know how to do things, that's a seven. It's hard to say. He's acting weird. You like you don't need to roll well on an insight or on insight at all to get that. He's acting weird. Um, he's acting weirder than he was acting when you met him the first time because he was like a little nervous when you met him the first time, but like not like this. Like he was actually had himself put together and at the very least was able to like you know actually like articulate his thoughts. And he seems to be so scatterbrained and distracted now. And it almost seems like he's just trying to get you to go away. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, I can't just do that. Of course not. Um, do I feel like he has a lot of fight in him? Like, what's my kind of read on that? And I'm happy to do a roll if you need or if there's anything that, right. you know, I can get without looking necessarily too deeply. Um, yeah, so you know that he's pretty high in the Seekers, which means that he is at least decently powerful with magic. And he seems to be a bard, specifically. And while he does look kind of tired and distracted and dirty, he doesn't look injured. And there's nothing really there to indicate if he's tapped any of his magical reserves. Right. So my thought right now is, do I risk injuring him and making the Seekers mad because I injured him and didn't just report what's going on? Or would they prefer to have confirmation about this and potentially subdue their own? Like, if I, if I do end up fighting him and it leads to me knocking him out then I can spare the dying on him, stabilize him, and they can do whatever they're going to need to do. Mm -hmm. But if he ends me, my crew is going to be put out. Right. And now I have people other than me to think about. Right. So... You hear the scratching coming from beneath the boards yet again. This time he's still regarding you, but he takes half a step to his right so that at least he's partially standing on the trapdoor. I'm going to change tactics. Hey, listen, from what I learned about Nothics, I don't want to make any assumptions, but usually that's not the type of thing that people get just curious about. It seems like a lot of people understand... Well, you, you see, I'm a seeker, and what the seekers do is uh, seek out information and legends and lore and learn all that we can about this multiverse that we live in. Oh. And, and I understand that, but like like I said, from 
from just talking to Marco for a little bit, it seems like there's a lot that's known about them and how people can become them. And like you said it yourself, he's like a lower level member. And from, you know, from my understanding, you're a pretty big deal, right? I'm so, upon the council of the Seekers here. In yeah, Pops so Place. not much of a bigger deals to be met. And I don't, I don't want to say that, you know, everyone has different knowledge sets and that's understandable. But I'm not saying that you don't know a lot about Nothics. I'm just throwing out there that, you know, for me, my line of work is a little bit of piracy, a little bit of, you know, get the thing and bring it back. And that's what I knew from my dad, right? Of course. So all what I'm saying here is that, you know, you tend to want to learn about stuff because, you know, you have somebody that's invested in it. And I'm not making any kind of accusations or claims, but it would be understandable if you have a loved one who's going through a similar situation and it's stressing you out. We can talk about it. You know, that way I can do even more to help you. Right. Well, I'm afraid the situation is complicated. Um, and I appreciate your offer of help. Um... But I think at this juncture, I'm not quite sure I require um, your services any longer. Um, and in fact, I would, uh, I think it's probably best if we um, uh, simply uh, terminated uh, the previously arranged contract and uh, I can perhaps uh, pay you a portion of what I promised you as a uh, severance of sorts. Uh, there's a scratching and actually a bump on the door that causes him to like jump slightly and he kind of like tries to like compose himself and pretend like nothing happens yeah we can we can go ahead and take care of this payment what are you what are you thinking because it was a a pretty hefty amount and i did go all the way out to the frozen misery planet uh, of course, of course, and I would absolutely want to make sure that you were compensated for your trouble. And uh, and with that, uh, there is a the sound of splintering wood and a bang and scratching as Albion is kind of like tossed aside as this grotesque creature bursts out of the basement. It is vaguely man-shaped with knobby, like, almost toad-like skin where it's, like, lumpy and wrinkled, gray with, like, weird bony protrusions from its shoulder and down its back. Its hands are expanded into monstrous clawed hands. Its feet are clawed and its mouth a maw of pointed teeth that stick out in every which direction. And it has no nose and one giant bright green eye that is about six inches across. <laughs> so basically I was right on the money and I imagine I need to roll initiative now. Sure do. Hmm. <laughs> Not great, but it's a 13. Roll for Albion. I hope to... <laughs> 
Dad, did you crit on initiative? I crit failed on initiative. Uh, that makes sense because he just got like tossed aside. Okay, so the Nothic goes first then. Not surprised. So this thing comes out and it's looking around, uh, gnashing its jaws, and it's this green eye just like locks onto you. And I need you to make a wisdom insight check of all things. Nick, how could you do this to me? <laughs> okay, that's a 19. 19? Um, a natural 18 with my plus one. Yeah, uh, lucky on that. Yeah, so you it, it locks onto you, and you hear these like weird uh, like whispers in your brain. What are your secrets? I can taste them. Yeah, but you're able to mentally fortify yourself and put up a front to obfuscate the thoughts in your mind. So that's all it's going to do for now. Albion, as he's like landing on the floor, it's not his turn yet, but he's just going to shout as a free action. Uh, don't, don't hurt him. Uh, it's your turn. Hey, I don't have, think I have a whole lot of a choice right now, buddy. And going to whip out my laser pistol and pew pew. Go for it. All right. First attack. That's going to be a thick 11. <laughs> that... Uh, that will miss. Thought so. Uh, second shot. I naturally rolled what I got before, so that's going to be an 18. 18? Um, uh, he's going to just kind of, like, sing out, not even a word, but, like, it's like an acapella, like, just a tone, a note, operatic in its nature, almost, and try to cutting words you. That is a six. So you got 18. That's reduced to 12, 12. And it misses. And he goes, please, I implore you. Help me restrain him. I will explain to you everything. Don't hurt him. We can better restrain him if I if we knock him out and then I cast spare the dying on him. I can heal him after that. It's going to be quicker if we knock him out first. Make a uh, persuasion check. Mm, 22. 22? He considers your words, but it's his turn now, though. So let's see. What's he going to do? He's going to attempt to cast Hold the Monster. Um, he he grabs his lute and begins singing, and uh, it sounds very similar to uh, what he was singing before. Not exactly the same, but it sounds similar in a lot of ways to the song that you heard him singing as you approached the building. Um, it has to succeed a wisdom saving throw. And it just did barely succeed. So, yeah, he, he starts singing and playing his lute. And then when it doesn't seem to work, he just goes, Bollocks! Talib, listen to me! It's the Nothic's turn again. Uh, the Nothic uh, seems fixated on you, Sweaty, and I need you to make another insight check for me. Or uh, another, um... Oh, I fucked that up. It's making a wisdom insight and you need to make a charisma deception. Well, then that would have been a 23 last time. Okay, so, so same difference. <laughs> That's a crit fail. Okay. So you see the Nothic stare into your soul almost with this piercing disc of a green eye. 
and its jagged maw twists into a smile. So pathetic. Always another crew member and never a son. Never good enough for your father. And to think his actions, his lies, lend to the death of your mother. It's now your turn. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going to... I'm just going to cast a magic missile at a second level. Okay. And so... So that's going to be four darts. Okay. You don't need to be talking about my mom. <laughs> Ooh. It's going to be 16 damage from the four darts. So, okay, 16 damage. And Albion goes, no, but he's not, he says no, but he's not stopping you either. So, like, your persuasion earlier seems to have done something, but he seems still reluctant to just wail on this guy. He's going to try to hold monster again. It needs to make a... And it does, in fact, fail this time. Um, so, concentration up to one minute. So he's playing the song again. Uh, Taleb, please, listen to me. Um, and you see the Nothic lock up. <laughs> Frozen in place. Breathing heavy. It's eye still looking around, unsettling, but unable to move. I imagine it's going to get another chance to try and use whatever ability it is or whatever that thing is for it. In fact, uh, it's going to now look at Albion and its eye turns like black for a second. And you see like necrotic energy crawl up the sides of Albion's neck and he kind of tenses up, but is able to push through it as it tried to do something else to Albion in response to being held. And then its eye reverts back to the piercing green. And uh, it is your turn again. I'm going to run up to it and just start tying it with every single different kind of ship knot I know. Cover its eye. I have some common clothes that I have in my pack. I'm just going to stuff a sh stuff its head into a shirt. <laughs> yeah, you cover you cover its face and it uh, and uh, then tie it up. Yeah, and I think I just kind of mutter as I'm doing it. Yeah, I may have been a ship's mate, but I fucking learned how to do something about it. A minute passes, and when it does, the Nothic slumps forward, still bound, and starts kind of struggling and thrashing. And it says, it watches, it knows, it seeks, strives for, craves omniscience, and it's willing to break the multiverse to achieve it. What strives? What, what wants to, what wants omniscience? 
it, it struggles again, and then it looks at you, mm-hmm. and like its eye is covered, but you somehow get the impression it can still see you. It may not be able to pry like it did before, but it can still see you somehow. You get the unmistakable, like almost bone chilling feeling that is looking directly at you through the shirt. And it was basically just saying that weird cryptic line out to nobody before. And now it says directly to you, if he had retired like he promised, she'd still be alive. I I look over to Albion. I'm like, Albion is crying. He's he's slumped against the wall and is now like crying, staring at this creature. Hey, you got about six seconds before I throw this thing back down in your basement and start blasting it for fun. Now, that's Talib. He's my husband. He's a seeker like me. Not as high ranking, but devoted. Extremely devoted. He got on the path of very deep arcane lore. And something, something in that knowledge corrupted his soul and turned him into this. And I've been obsessed with finding a way to cure him. When I asked you to find me a Nothic, it was before his transformation was complete. I thought there was more time. I thought that if I could have a live creature to study, I'd be able to figure out a way to reverse the effects and stop it from happening to my dear Talib here. I was too late. And I couldn't tell the other seekers. They would have they would have killed him. And I could not let that happen. I did not mean for you to get wrapped up in this. I'm sorry. Every every action that we have has a reaction. And you might not have meant to get me involved, but now I am. And look, I'm real sorry for what happened to your husband. I really am. But hiding it wasn't going to help it. And you just asked some turtle to go halfway across the galaxy, halfway across crot space, to some frozen planet on what you hope might have been there. When I'm you got the seekers who were the brightest minds, that if they'd have been able to catch it early enough, might have been able to do something to stop it or stop him from keeping looking into this stuff. I did not want him to turn into another seeker experiment to be poked and prodded or worse they just execute him outright I was desperate and I made mistakes I know that but do you blame me could anyone I 
raise my pistol towards him. Yeah, if he'd have been a seeker experiment, that would have been sad. But if they could have cured him, then you'd still have your husband. And not this shell that used to be his meat sack. This ain't your husband no more. I refuse to believe that. And I did everything I could. I could not go to the Seekers. You do not know the depths of Thalra's ambition. I could not risk that she get any ideas. You say that you didn't go to the Seekers, and you're on their stinking council. Such things are taboo within the Seekers. Knowledge about these creatures is not readily available by design. My husband was not the first to become such a creature in the Seeker's long history. Eons of history. It is not something that's talked about. It is not something that is recorded. It is a blemish. It happens. It is swept under the rug. I could not let that happen to my husband. And I knew that if I was to get answers, then as flawed as my methods might be, I was the only way it would happen. The only way I could trust. Judge me all you want. I lower my pistol, holster it. Contract's void. Obviously. What are you going to do? Whatever I can. Do you think your husband would want to live like that? I intend him not to. What are you going to do? Forget I ever met any Seekers. The only one that seems to be worth anything is Astorio. And I go, lock the door on my way out, and make my report. Thank you again for joining me, Cliff. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me for all the wonderful Squeedy times. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see Squeedy again at some point. Indeed. Breaking news. Increased sightings of a mysterious graffiti symbol have residents of Hell, Michigan nervous. While some may say this could be from local teen pranksters, others worry that the symbols could mean something more. Could there be a connection to the teen pop idol Ricky Q who disappeared in hell last year? More information after the break. Then she would also ask if you saw the latest. He thinks that some sort of like power is being drained. Oh god, it's even at Jesus Christ? You, you still pass the couple places where you have seen these symbols. Uh, breaking in? She gives him like a sideways glance. To follow this story and more, check out Fables Around the Table, Greetings from Hell, wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you want to be a hero? 
Yeah, she's gonna sort of like uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him like, you know, square in the chest. Look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin. Release, Miss Terry, or you all will be the ones that are extinct. I don't know if I can have an honest conversation with Royale as a corgi. You're right, it's fucking not funny. I mean, literally no one would find this funny. Remix, use the dragon filter, that would make it funny. It's just like man standing emoji. Just T-posing in the corner. <laughs> Who is your contact? Benchmark. Who? Hey, I just need Buzz Nest for like one minute, and then you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Check out Season 2 of Cape Chronicles starting Wednesday, October 5th, every first and third Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. File folders contain important information. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah. of them. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck mike mitchell why well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies justin mcelroy grab your tongue grab your tongue and i want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship you were born on a pile of shit and many more so check it out but also if you don't like bare naked ladies we talk about them probably like a third of the time so uh, yes that's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We could make a board game about it. Projectderailed.com.